Erotic photos of women have been around basically as long as the camera. Because who invented the camera? A dude. A dude, right? And what did he That's do? That's what I was thinking about, too, when we were looking at the research. What is the first thing he wants to take pictures of? Maybe why did he invent the camera in the first place? Right. Welcome to Two Hot Wives. A podcast where two friends in open marriages explore the exciting world of unconventional sex. Hey hotties, I'm Kat. And I'm Ams, and we're the Two Hot Wives. Tonight we're talking about boudoir photography. We are. It's very sexy, sexy moody, sultry. It's French. It is French. The well, French? it's French for dressing space or dressing area. A, a woman's dressing, dressing gown or a woman's bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yes. The French know how to fuck. Do they? I, that's, that's are you a, sure? They I'm know actually, how to talk. They know how to talk about sex. That's right. Yes. I don't know if it's the same thing. I think they fuck pretty well, too. Okay. I don't know. I've never fucked a Frenchman. Neither have I. Life goals. (laughs) Something to put on the sexy bucket list. (laughs) Okay. But before we get into the details of boudoir photography, Mm. Kat, what are we drinking tonight? Tonight, we're drinking the pumpkin spice can of cocktail. It is delicious. It tastes like fall. It's very fall. Yes. Yeah. So what is in the pumpkin spice can of cocktail? Little pumpkin puree, some coconut milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, some maple syrup for sweetness. Yum. Gotta have that. And uh, a little cannabis. A little bit of tincture. And um, some vanilla. It's like a bourbon vanilla I found at Trader Joe's. An extract. Yeah. Yeah. Yummy. Mm-hmm. It is super delicious. And I'll put the recipe on our social media and on our website. And if you are not feeling California sober. That's right. And you want to turn this into a cocktail. Real cocktail. Add a little bourbon. That would be. Yeah. I tried point. it with the bourbon and it yeah. is, it's really good. Yeah. It goes with the vanilla and the pumpkin. It's, it's nice. Absolutely. And with our cocktails. We need some hot tails. So, Ams, what is your hot tale tonight? Tonight, I thought I would talk about our last house party. Mm. Yeah, uh, this was a tropical theme. What did we? It's tiki. It was tiki. Yes. So the name of the party, which everybody <laughs> made fun of me for. Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> was Trader Vic's psychedelic bikini lounge? Who is Trader Vic? Do you really want to know? <laughs> yes. Okay. So back in the. 30s, I think there were a group of privileged white men who, you know, they start all, all the things mm-hmm. he, that started tiki lounges out of Los Angeles it, right right after World War II. There was like a big movement around, you know, the fighters in the South Pacific and bringing back certain aspects of Polynesian culture back to the United States. There was a lot of fetishizing of Polynesian culture. Mm -hmm. And so they opened up these bars and restaurants that actually served Chinese food (laughs) because that was more accessible to humans, but accessible to Americans, (laughs) accessible to Americans. Uh But uh, they 
developed these really delicious cocktails. The cocktails that came out of tiki culture kind of revived, revitalized cocktail culture in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So like the Singapore Sling and the Mai Tai and the Rum Runner were all of these drinks that were kind of really thoughtfully developed by the tiki bar. And they're all served in the coolest glassware. Yes. Yeah. So it's fun. It's kitschy. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some questions around cultural appropriation when it comes to tiki, but I decided to take the theme to like embracing the kitsch of it. Mm -hmm. So on the main level, it was definitely all Polynesian decor. Everybody's outfits were so cool. Amazing. They were really fun. That was fun. Yeah. So we had like pinup girl pictures and tiki attire and everybody was dressed with flowers in their hair Mm -hmm. and grass skirts and and bikinis and it looks beautiful. Mr. Cat and I were matchy matchy and it wasn't really even on purpose. My dress came and it was this, you know, sort of a a reddish, pinkish, flowery sort of uh, pattern. And then he ordered something that was almost exactly the same pattern and it looked great. So that's the first time I think we've dressed really matchy Matchy, matchy. But I think a lot of the couples did. Yeah, it, it ended up yeah, it ended up being that way. I I had these little separates, like a half mm-hmm. top and little short matching tropical print separates and I bought it and I was like, "Oh, this doesn't look so good." And then I realized if I folded the waistband and then folded the waistband again and then folded and then again, the waistband again like and again five times <laughs> so that my butt cheeks were hanging out, it was adorable. It was really cute on you. So I literally just folded up the waistband <laughs> and like tacked it with a couple of uh, stitches to keep it in place. Because it only has to last one night. It just has to couple last hours. one night. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super fun, super cute decor. And uh, I had a play experience pretty early in the night. Friends of mine had reached out and said, actually, the female half of a couple that I know really well reached out to me and said, hey, the mister's having his 40th birthday this week. And would you mind having a little threesome with us? Talk about unicorn threesomes, right? right? Um, at during the party. And I said, sure, I'm a friend. Like that's a that sounds like fun. Easy birthday gift. Yeah. I don't have to go on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we can just fuck. I don't have to buy you a present. That's awesome. Yes. Very economical. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Uh, so we had we had like a cute little threesome for like 20 minutes. We were, we talked ahead of time. We don't want to be gone the whole party. Let's just let's just knock that out of the way really fast. That sounds like just your thing. It was. It was. It was fun. At one point, he was sitting on the couch and I stood on the couch. Like if my legs were on either side of his legs and I stood up so that my coochie was like right in front of his face on the couch. And he started going down on me while his wife was going down on him. That was like the highlight of the threesome. It was a nice little moment. And it was in the room. There's an upstairs room where people can walk by to get to and from the hot tub. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I hope somebody's watching this because it looks fucking hot, (laughs) right? I'm standing up like seven feet in the air. Okay. I was trying to visualize like if you're standing in front of him and she's going down on him, where, how does that, 
My legs were on the couch. So my Got feet, it. my feet were on the Got couch. It. I'm standing up over him. Okay. Kind of. I guess my knees were kind of resting on the back of the yeah, couch. Because otherwise you'd have been just a little too tall, probably. Probably. Yeah, I was probably kneeling a little bit. But it was hot. <laughs> it was sexy. Hot. It sounds hot. And then bing bang boom, we were done. I went back downstairs. Bing bang boom. That's right. There's three. Da-da-da. <laughs> In any event, it was a fun little threesome, but it was like a threesome at, you know, it was just mm-hmm. little. And uh, and I was like, that's great. I, I kind of got my play out of the way. And I I actually hadn't lined it. You got my up. play out of the way. My play out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I got that over with. Oh, good. Well, well you I don't know. Have to play. There's I know like host, there's hostess responsibilities <laughs> right. and making sure like the, the ice. Maker. And you want to have a good time too. Yes. Oh, so of you course. just got to have your good time yes. in front of that's the party. Right. That's right. Yep. Like Punched my dance card, did my threesome, <laughs> went back downstairs to like dance and have a good time. Yeah. And I really thought I was done for the night. At one point I got in the hot tub. At one point I was just in the hot tub by myself and like I could hear the party behind me. And I'm like, this is this is great. There's mm-hmm. something for everybody, you know? Yeah. But then I got out of the hot tub. I put my robe on. Actually, Mr. Cat calls it my the party's over robe. <laughs> That's right. Because as soon as you put that robe on, we know it's done. She's done. <laughs> You know. I actually appreciate when you put that robe on. I'm like, oh, good. And we know. We know it's done. <laughs> oh, good. I was done too. After that, I'm in my robe. I'm hanging out with everybody. And I go downstairs to dance. I'm going to dance my robe. And in the space is a show bed. And ah. I do not like the show bed. I don't like the show bed. <laughs> in fact, when Mr. Ams and I were setting it up with a group of people, it's basically a bunch of these Ottomans that convert into twin size beds and you can push them all together and create a really big bed um, or two big beds, Mm -hmm. depending on how we set it up. And then we put sheer curtains around it. So you can kind of see in, but you can't really see in. It's it's kind of off to the corner. It's not like people are staring or looking at it, but you can see that people are in it. Right. You can see the movement. It's kind of it's sexy. Like a sexy background thing happening that you can kind of see, but you're not really focused on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And literally four hours before the party, we're setting up this bed and I'm telling Mr. Ams, there is no fucking way I am ever playing on that show bed. <laughs> No, no way. We're setting it up for other people, and that's fine. I'm a good hostess, but I'm never, ever in a million years playing on that show bed. How many times have you said that, and then it and then it goes the other way? Yes. Yeah, so, so the theme of this particular hot tail is never say never, <laughs> <laughs> because I started dancing with a friend, a dear friend, uh, a close partner, and uh, we're dancing, and he starts to move my robe out of the way, dis- literally disrobe me <laughs> on the dance floor. And I was like, don't take my robe off on the dance floor. This is my robe. This is my party's over robe. Did you have anything on under the robe? Of course not. Well, no, I was straight out of the hot tub, uh-huh. naked, okay. toweled off, put the robe on. And it's like, to, to give you a visual, it's a cute it little is really pretty. silk kimono style yes. robe. I am obsessed. It goes with the theme too. Yes, that's right. But I'm you a- know, when you put a robe on and somebody knows like, what? They're thinking like, what is under that robe? They just want to see what's under that robe. Maybe. He might not have known that you were completely naked under, under the robe. Yes, he did. Okay, he did. Yes, probably. he did. Okay. In any event, he's, he starts to kind of move the robe out of the way. And I'm like, nope, we're not doing that. And then he starts to kind of dance me over toward the show bed. And I'm thinking, I'm not getting on the show bed. I'll let him dance me over there a little bit. We can flirt, we can move, but there is no fucking way. I'm getting on the show bed and I'm going to 
play with this with my friend. And then I go and I look and I see that there are two other couples on the show bed. One of these couples, I have been eyeing the dude for a long time and playing the lawn game there. Hmm. Do I know who this is? You're like trying to figure out. I know. I'm trying to figure out who this is. (laughs) It is not someone I've been with before. And they're still kind of new, figuring out what works for them. Um, But he knows that I have interest. I've said on a couple of kids, I would totally sleep with you. Oh, you're going to have to totally tell me who that is later. I will totally tell you who it is later. But when I saw that he was on the bed playing with someone else, I was like, huh, you know, maybe I could kill two birds with one stone here. <laughs> like, like maybe I can play just a little bit on the bed with uh-huh. my friend and, and, and my. And kind of tempt your other little. That's right. Uh-huh. Give him a little bit of a show. Uh, you naughty. giving a show? I know. What? It was a naughty, naughty vixen that wow. night. Wow. Yeah. I like it. So, so I, I got onto the bed. I crawled sort of into the corner with my friend and the nice thing is, I didn't really realize, but when you're on the bed, you can't see people outside. Oh. You know, the, the curtains are very close to you. So everything is super blurred. You don't know if people are it. looking. Mm-hmm. People aren't staring and watching you. You really kind of feel private in that space. Plus, the beds are surprisingly comfortable. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, these show beds are something to them. This is not bad. And, um, you know, we were playing for a little while. He went down on me. I went down on him. I actually didn't realize until after the fact we did not have penetrative sex. And it turned out that was a boundary that he and his wife had discussed that night. But, like, the only reason I'm bringing it up is, like, it didn't matter. We had a great time touching and kissing and doing oral. And and I'm kind of looking over my shoulder, seeing if my my soon-to-be new friend (laughs) is watching, maybe interested. He was not. He was doing his own thing. He He was in his own. Men have terrible peripheral vision. Have you noticed that? It's really bad. (laughs) I don't know. If I'm with a guy and he starts looking at some other well, he's supposed to be with me. That, like that's not okay. I don't that know is, that that's cool. Like that is one generous thing to be talking to me and looking over my shoulder to see who else is in the room that you're going to talk to. Right. But if we're having sex and you're looking over my shoulder, that's a problem. That's a problem. See, that is such a better generous interpretation of the situation. <laughs> I like that. He was just a gentleman. He was you're a right. Gentleman. He was being a yeah. gentleman. No, he noticed you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so we kind of did our thing in the corner and and they had uh, they actually moved off relatively quickly. Uh, and later in the night, we're sitting on the couch, all just kind of hanging out. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you were right beside me. I'm like, yeah, dude, I was right beside you. What the oh. fuck? <laughs> and we made out for a little while. It was fine. We had a good time. But um, yeah, I naughty, ne- naughty girl. Naughty. I never thought I'd get on the show bed. Party brings it out in you. It does. It, you it, naughty at a couple of these parties. I do get naughty at the you parties. Naughty. Yes. Yes. Well, it's a lot of work to put into the party and then mm-hmm. finally it's done and it's like, oh, okay, have let's party. Time. Let's have That's fun. Right. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, I mean, look, the party was literally me and you and the rest of us creating mm-hmm. ideal context essentially for me. Right. Because I'm the difficult one. We should talk later, though, about like, what is ideal context for you? 
Because I think it was interesting when we were talking earlier in a bonus episode mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, I don't play at the party. And I noticed that you've only played at one yeah. of the like five parties. Yeah. So maybe there's like a little way that we can tweak or, or move things around so it feels like a, like a more conducive to that if you maybe. want to. You know, the, the party that I played at, though, I really had fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's something. Well, and it's all people we know really well, yeah. which is yeah. usually... That's the the kicker for me. I don't like being in a big group setting where I don't know everybody, yeah. but I know everybody who's come to, and so right. do you. So yeah, we do. Anyway, that's my hot tail. I played hot. on the show bed, and I did exhibitionism, <laughs> a two things that like I are not swore your thing. I would never do. <laughs> well, yes, no, no, never say never. <laughs> in any way, that's pretty hot. Yeah. Well, I think that we need to take a break. Yes. Because we need to cool off a little bit. Yeah, sip sip our cocktails, our can of cocktails. Mm -hmm. And when we come back, we will talk about boudoir photography. And we're back talking about boudoir photography. So, Anne, what is boudoir photography? It is. So it's a form of professional photography mm-hmm. um, where the focus is on sort of glorifying mostly the female form. Mm-hmm. Although men Sometimes can, couples too. Sure. Men or couples can, can uh, engage in boudoir photography as well. Right. But it's meant to be intimate- sensual, not necessarily erotic, probably not erotic, more sensual. It, uh, you know, women tend to wear things like lingerie or little like peekaboo mm-hmm. kind of, of clothing as opposed to being nude. Something they feel sexy in. Yes. So the goal is to create a romantic, sensual image mm-hmm. as opposed to a raunchy, erotic image. Um, Do you think that's what people think it is when they when they hear boudoir photography? I don't know. What do you think of when you think of boudoir? I don't know. I think of I think of sexy, sensual, intimate, uh, romantic. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think that sometimes people think it's more of a sexual thing than it is. For sure. I think that maybe some people choose not to do boudoir photography because they think that's what it is because they think it's like cheesecake like like right. I'm going to show you my cooch and it's not about that <laughs> not right at all. so you want to hear some history about boudoir photography why yes yeah. <laughs> tell me all the history <laughs> so so erotic photos of women have been around Basically, as long as the camera has been around. Right. Because who invented the camera? A dude. A dude, right? And what did he That's do? That's what I was thinking about, too, when we were looking at the research. I'm like, yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. What is the first thing he wants to take pictures of? Maybe why did he invent the camera in the first place? Right. 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 Yeah. Well, so there was really long exposure in initial cameras. But once oh, they so got- she'd have to stay there in position for a really long time and not move. Right. Right. And I think like the original, the first photo was of a, a building, like a, a square of some sort in a city. Because like it the, doesn't move, right? right? Exactly. But like the second photo was probably a naked chick. Right. Of yeah. course. So <clears throat> it's been around forever. And uh, 
there were erotic photos that were sold like these French postcards were a big deal where women would be slightly undressed and and they could be shared between men or kept in their room or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it really got going in the 30s with World War II and the pinup girls. Gorgeous. Love. The I love girl that look. whole style of photography. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So almost innocent, like sexy, but cute. Adorable. Yeah. 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 And some of the, so once the Prohibition era was over in the beginning of World War II, the U.S. government would actually use pinup girls as propaganda. The U.S. government would have these postcards of pinup girls and they would have mottos underneath them saying like, she's worth fighting for or come home to your girl a hero. (laughs) And uh, I guess it was probably incentivizing because we did pretty well in that war. Yeah. Yeah. So that <laughs> that was kind of the start of more sort of highly circulated mm-hmm. photography. And then coming out of that, if you think about the Hollywood starlets from the 30s, right. yeah. Betty Grable and Jean Harlow, mm-hmm. these May images, May West, jeez, oh, hot she lady. She was hot. Yes. Um, but they would take pictures in their lingerie like like mm-hmm. covered up head to toe lingerie but they would take pictures on like long settees and their lingerie and that was kind of the original boudoir photos that got circulated you know widely and then in the late 70s or early 80s you had a lot of these professional photography studios popping up all over the suburbs. I right? remember them. Olin Mills. Yep. And- oh, I'm thinking of Glamour Shots. Oh, my God. Wow. Glamour Shots. That's right. That was huge. That was in the mall. That was huge. Yeah. I actually I actually went in and had Glamour Shots. Did you have a Glamour it's Shot? It's not Dad? what you think it is, though. Oh, my God. I must see your Glamour Shot. No, it wasn't that, though. What I, what I did was like, I, you know... People are having portraits done, right? Yeah, like yeah, family yeah. portraits. Yeah. And so I talked to my brother and my sister and I'm like, let's go to Glamour Shots for a portrait. Okay. So we went and we had like my sister and I had our hair and makeup done. Yeah. We looked fantastic, but we were wearing like regular clothes and then my brother was there too. Mm-hmm. And so we had like basically like a family portrait done, but we looked fabulous. Looked fabulous. Our hair was done and makeup was done. It looks nothing like you know, your your JCPenney portrait studio right. pictures. Right. So, but yeah, that was Glamour Shots. I was too young at the time to think that I could do a boudoir. A boudoir. Well, and I do think Glamour Shots was the the, the fashion photos of mm-hmm. Glamour Shots. Sometimes they kind of would they got edge into, oh, yeah. yeah, they like they pull out the feather boas mm-hmm. and the pearls, like all the really, you know, tr- cheesy, cheesy <laughs> cringy kind of you know, sexy photo tropes. But uh, again, this gave people access to professional photographers in a way that they never had access to. But you know what, like, made it go gangbusters was the digital camera. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because all of a sudden, everybody could take pictures. Mm -hmm. You could throw out pictures that Mm -hmm. were not good. And so the idea of taking, you know, just slightly naughty photos it, like, I can't even imagine not taking at least some kind of selfie. So Mr. Cat and I did that every Monday for like a whole, for like a long time <laughs> because he had Mondays off and I took Mondays off and the kids went to school. This was free lifestyle. And we would pull out the camera and we would take pictures and have sex all day. Nice. That was so great. You were taking 
like pictures together? No. He was taking he was pictures, taking of, pictures you. of me. Oh. Yeah, but we had like a like a fur blanket and oh, I had lingerie wow. and I, you know, I did my hair and Oh my gosh. Yeah, wow. it was really fun. It was you have a really lot. sexy. You have a lot to teach me. It was really <laughs> fun. Was it fun? You yeah, it? it was really fun because he would, and he took it seriously. Like he would pose me and he would be like, lift your arm just a little. Yeah, just like that. You know, and then he would nice. take some pictures and, and we got to experiment and have a lot of fun with it because like you said, we, first of all, I didn't have to take them to the Photoshop, right? right to have them developed. And if we didn't like them, we could just erase them. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's it so was fun. fun. It was a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. So what other experience have you had with boudoir photos? So the most recent experience was at Desire. I finally oh, yeah. like pulled the trigger to do those pictures. And it, it was a mixed experience, I yeah. would say. Because I know more. the uh, hair and makeup, they came and they mm-hmm. came to my room and they did my hair and makeup and they did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was overly made up. My hair looked fantastic. And I was a little concerned about that at sure. first because I don't wear super heavy makeup, but mm-hmm. I, you know, you want something that's looks flattering and not overdone. Mm-hmm. So that was great. And then um, you grab all your own stuff. So I grabbed my my uh, lingerie and I I grabbed, you know, some- uh, Do you oh. remember any of your outfits? Like- Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have this burgundy sort of um, bustier with matching panties that I, I like. And um, I, I grabbed like a leather skirt that's really short and just some, some uh, I, a robe that I have that's not really- it's see-through it's like lacy robe mm-hmm. and um a man's white shirt because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i think that always that's is sexy. always sexy yeah um, but just whatever i had brought you know those were the things that stick out in my in my mind and there are some of the photos that i absolutely love like the ones that she took of mr cat and i in mm-hmm. the sort of outdoor uh cabana area by the pool those were nice mm-hmm. um the photos of me on the beach were mm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even believe those. Those were fantastic. And then she took a lot of pictures of us in the nightclub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was so hot mm. in that room that I was sweating, like dripping with mm. – I, I, my hair was getting – messed up and I just didn't feel like that was where I wanted to be for those pictures. Yeah. And I wish that I had said, you know, this is not where I think I did kind of say, she's like, oh, we're just going to take a few in here and then we'll go outside and we'll go. And that's when we went to the beach. But those pictures in there, there's some of them that are really, really sexy. But the experience experience itself, I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled with. And very few pictures that I've chose were from there. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. of the pictures I chose to keep were the ones on the beach and the ones, you know, in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a good experience. I felt sexy doing it, yeah. but the photos on the beach, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And the, the end product was good. Yeah. So I too have done the boudoir shots at Desire. And the reason I did them was we met a couple really, really early on in in our lifestyle journey. We had, this was actually the couple, believe it or not, where we brought the iPads to, oh, to drinks. <laughs> you mean you had a second date with them? No, this is a, it was all part of the first date. Okay. And uh, she had taken these photos at Desire. And to look at her, she looked like a 
teacher or mm-hmm. a nurse. She looks like a very, regular girl, just like or us, like the right? library, Mary okay. and the librarian, okay. right? She had glasses on. She she really and it was at a time where where I was still like dressing slightly slutty for all my first dates, and I realized mm-hmm. there was no need to do that. Mm-hmm. But she she was dressed really normally, and then she shared her experience at Desire, and it was super super positive for her. And we pulled up these pictures, and she looked like a t- totally different woman, right? She had the really bright red lip, the big lashes. She looked gorgeous and the pictures looked gorgeous. And I remember thinking, you know, I'd like to do that. I'd like to capture this moment in time where I'm looking pretty good because, you know, at some point it's all downhill. Mm -hmm. Whether I'm at that or not, who knows, but somewhere close, it's coming if it's not there already. Um, So I would like to to capture this for myself, mm-hmm. maybe for Mr. Ams, but really what was in my head was I would like to capture a really beautiful photo for myself. Um, and I'm not great at taking pictures and Mr. Ams is not great at taking pictures. So, he you know, not no, he's not. God love him. He's good at a lot of things. He has so pictures many skills. Pictures are not one of them. So many skills <laughs> and a great cock, but he yeah, does not no, take good pictures. not take good pictures. So I, you know, I was like, I'm going to indulge in these professional mm-hmm. photos. And the day that I was getting it done, I was almost having a panic attack. I was really nervous. And I'm telling Mr. Ams, they're going to make me look like the whore of Babylon. It's not going to look like me. It's going to look like I'm trying too hard. I'm going to hate all of this. I'm going to hate myself and my body coming out of it. I was spiraling. And um, by the time they actually got there, I have like tears in my eyes. And Mr. Ams is talking to the two ladies, the makeup and the hair lady, who probably did not speak a lot of English, but right. he's trying to explain to them, you know, she's concerned about this and she's concerned about that and yada, yada, yada. And they look at him and they said, go to the bar, get two mimosas, bring up the two mimosas, go back to the bar, get two more mimosas. Those are for you. <laughs> <laughs> so he went. He went they to have the done this before. They have done. Well, and that's really my big takeaway is. They've done this before over and over and over again. They have a process in place. And my experience was basically identical to your experience. I laid all my clothes out. She picked what she thought would Mm -hmm. look good. We did the first set of photos against the closet, which was like this like bamboo kind of textured closet. And then we did the other ones on the bed. And then she told Mr. Ams to jump on the bed and get inside me. And I was like, whoa, I guess we're doing that. But it was fine. I'm listening to her instructions and it's all sort of like, turn this, turn your, uh, your body this way, move your hands this way, stick your butt out, stick your tits out. Like it's just very posed and that's fine. That's how you Did that put you at ease though? Having her give you such detailed instruction? I would think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I'm just going to do what she tells me to do. Arch your back just a little bit more. I arched my back so hard. I thought I was going to break. Yes, for (laughs) sure. Um, and you know, we ran through all the pictures and they were beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you've seen my boudoir mm-hmm, shots. Mm-hmm. They were absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I have no regrets at all. What I would say is it felt a little bit like a stereotypical experience. Mm-hmm. And it certainly felt like I'm getting the same experience that everybody, everybody else, else gets. Got, yes. And as we're doing more research about boudoir photography and talking to our subject matter expert, Mm -hmm. Nicole Marie, who we're going to check in with shortly, I realized that this should be tailored 
to, to you, to the woman, yes, to her personality, yes. to her body, to her style. Yes, to her style. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, doing the boudoir shots of desire, I, I would recommend them. They're great, but it is this like there's no thoughtfulness around who you are as a person. You are basically right. a commodity getting shoved into the various corsets and leather right. skirts yeah. and high heels that you brought with you. Everyone is getting pretty much the same pictures. Yes. And it's beautiful. That's how they can run their process really quickly and right. yield really fast results. But if I were to do it again, I would absolutely go with a photographer who's going to take the time to talk with me learn about my mm -hmm. super quirky personality and make sure that that ends up translating to the photo. Right. So this seems like a good time to bring Nicole Marie from Nicole Marie Studio, Boudoir. Nicole Marie Studios. Into the conversation. We're back with Nicole, owner of Nicole Marie Studios. Nicole specializes in boudoir and portrait photography and has a full-service luxury boudoir studio in Easton, Maryland. Uh, her goal is to create an empowering experience for her clients. Welcome, Nicole. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Hi. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So when I started photography professionally, it's been almost 15 years, I did you know, families and then progressed into weddings. And then I had a bride that asked me to shoot boudoir for her um, probably 11 years ago. And I did it. And um, I hated <laughs> the results. She liked them, but they were very cheesy because that was really all I had seen up to that point, like super like bright colors, like kind of cheesy outfits, like, you know, very basic fall into this almost cheesy Cliché. genre. So I... Yeah, like I liked the feeling it gave her. I liked watching her see herself like that. I liked all that. I just didn't like the way that I executed it. So I stopped for a little bit and then always kind of just watched it and um, always enjoyed it. And then I had an idea one day that I wanted to bring this more like darker, moodier, like one of my clients called it grown woman boudoir. Um, and I just wanted to try it out. So I asked a couple girlfriends to post for me and they did, and they let me post them. And then as soon as I posted them, it kind of like exploded from there. And I loved it. Like I fell in love with it. I was still taking, um, weddings and stuff at that time, but you know, my kids were little and I was, it was all my weekends and I felt like I was just missing everything with them. So I started to lean towards boudoir a little bit more. And then when I kind of got my groove in that, I stopped shooting everything else. I love your photographs. That's what Thank drew you. me to, yeah, I saw them on Instagram and that's what drew me to want to wanna contact you because they seem just so classy and so beautiful and they're real women and they yes. look like real women. Thank they're you. I appreciate beautiful. that. <laughs> Yeah, for for our listeners who have not seen your Instagram um, postings, what what is your handle again? Nicole Marie Studios. There you go. Yeah. So, 
Tell me a little bit about how you help a client prepare for a boudoir shoot. What are the things that you're recommending she do in advance? And how do you create like a comfortable and empowering environment for your clients? Um, So I try to be very open on social media, which I don't love. We have a private women's um, Facebook group, and that's very active. And, you know, we're posting in it. Our clients are very active in it. So I feel like they have a, a somewhat of an idea of what they're coming into when they start. But then when they reach out, um, we go over just like, you know, what we include, how the process is. And then once they get farther along in the booking, or we offer at any time, like a phone consultation, I've had some women that want to come into the studio to see it first and just chat with me before they decide. And then once they book in, we send, you know, prep guides full of information. Everyone's biggest question is like, what do I wear? Um, Mm -hmm. So we have a pretty extensive guide to kind of talk about, you know, outfits that work best um, for certain body types, like things to avoid bringing. And even still then we have a large client closet in the studio. I have women that show up with nothing and just let us dress them. I have women that come in with a suitcase and I go through and pick what works best for them. But we just try to keep them very informed and we try to talk about it a lot um, on social media. I think I read a statistic like women follow you on average like a year before they ever reach out to book. So we really try to just talk about it a lot. What are some of the biggest mistakes that people make in terms of like what they think they should wear to a boudoir shoot versus what will actually you know, photograph well and, and sort of create a a sexy, beautiful result. I love this question. When women try to choose outfits based on what they think somebody else is going to like, usually a man, a boyfriend or a husband, um, they tend to be very different than what women who are just kind of doing this for themselves bring in. So, you know, they bring in maybe some racier lingerie that they're not necessarily comfortable in. Um, Another big thing we see a lot is a lot of women, most of our clients are mothers and they're usually self-conscious about their midsection. So they'll bring baby dolls and we try to tell them baby dolls while they're pretty. And we have shot some really pretty ones. They add a lot of bulk around the middle. So if we're trying to, you know, not bring attention to that, we want to have something form fitting, not something oversized and large. I'm not a big fan of props. I know this is a controversial (laughs) one because a lot of people (laughs) like props and I don't even know if they necessarily like them or they just really don't know what to do. So they're like, let me bring my husband's golf club or, you know, whatever. So we try to stay away from props. And I think a lot of it too, like you see it in like men's magazines, like they're trying to pose like them. I don't shoot them well. I've seen photographers that do, but it's just not my thing. So if they bring something in and they're very set on shooting with it, I will. But if they're just like, a lot of times I'm like, I didn't know what to bring. So I just grabbed all this. And then I try to just steer away from those. Mm-hmm. Nice. So do not bring the golf clubs to the boudoir. No. Shoot. <laughs> Check. No. Got it. Your man likes golf, but he likes you more. But he likes you more. Maybe. The golf Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it does seem that that uh, during a photo shoot, there's many intimate, kind of vulnerable moments. How do you make a woman feel confident in those times and, and at ease in front of the camera? So I think our whole process, and this is not even something we do intentionally, my makeup artist and I are just naturally very laid back and relaxed people. Like a lot of our clients say that it feels like hanging out with their girlfriends. So when they come here, they're in the hair and makeup chair for about an hour. And the whole time we're like chit-chatting, we're joking, we're, you know, kind of inappropriate and silly. And um, we offer champagne, (laughs) like that Mm -hmm. kind of relaxes them a little bit. But when we first start shooting, I try to start out like with very simple poses, I direct everything. So I'll pose them down to like their hair and their 
feet and their fingers. I tell them when to breathe. And that's when they're thinking like more like technical, they're not thinking like, oh, I'm half naked in front of a stranger. So we start really easy, kind of work our way into it and they quickly get comfortable. And then once they're more comfortable, if I feel like they like they want to, I just kind of coach them to move on their own a little bit more. So the photos don't look superposed. Mm-hmm. I had a shoot with my favorite photographer um, in 2020 and being a client really helped me be better at what I do. Cause I've always done self portraits, but that was my first time being an actual client. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made, I changed a lot about the way I worked with clients after that shoot. What was one of the ways that, that just really stood out uh, and changed um, your she process. Just, she would just put me in a pose and tell me to stay there. Like I had always kind of coached my clients to move like from the get go. And now looking back, like that's kind of intimidating, like you're naked and I'm kind of having you like roll around and do all these crazy things. Like when you just are in a pose and you're standing there, you know, five minutes at a time and we're shooting all these different angles, you're not even thinking about like, oh, is my tummy sticking out or is my chin look okay? You're just like, worrying about holding the pose. So I felt like that for me was really good because I was even nervous um, going into it. That was the biggest thing that I learned, probably the takeaway from that. Do you have a memorable story about a client that made a big transformation, you know, when they came in, maybe nervous, but then felt really great by the time everything was done? Yes, I have a lot of those, but my favorite one, my most recent one, um, she had undergone weight loss surgery. I believe she lost, I'm not certain of the weight, but I think it was over a hundred pounds. She said this was her goal, like her final like treat to herself to kind of get through this stage of her life. So she came in, she was talking about how, you know, after a big weight loss, you still kind of see yourself as that like bigger body. And then, um, but she did, she brought this really beautiful lingerie. Her husband came along. He wasn't, we did took, we took one shot of him, but he wasn't in the whole session. It wasn't a couple of sessions, but he was just really supportive of her. And then, um, I was showing her pictures of the back of the camera as we went. And she'd be like, holy shit, that's me. Like, so that was awesome. And then afterwards, you know, she bought her package and then she came back. She's like, I got to get more. And then she (laughs) bought a really, really beautiful album. And then she took her, one of her photos, she's got tattoos and she had a sleeve of one of the photos. It's her on her arm um, that she had her tattoo artist do. And it was, it was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Wow. So you're saying a, a client of yours like the picture resonated so much with her that she decided to ink it on her body. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. That, wow. (laughs) Goodness. That's awesome. So it sounds like you have some amazing clients. How do you tap into the unique nature of a client? How do you get to know somebody in such a short period of time so you can really kind of bring out their true, beautiful, authentic self? So we um, send out a questionnaire before their session um, just to ask a couple questions like about like their style, like, you know, if they had three words that they would describe the like final result of their photos, what would those be? Stuff like that. And then really just talking to them when they're in hair and makeup. Um, a lot of people will come. We always joke. It's like makeup chair therapy. So a lot of people will come in and talk about, you know, things they're going through or things that they've gone through. Um, I had a woman come in. She, this was her second session, her first one, um, her boyfriend came to the reveal with her and was a real fucking asshole about the pictures. And then, um, 
she told me afterwards that they had broke up and whatever. And then she came back and she was like, well, I want to do a men's shirt, but this is the only one I had. And it was his. I was like, uh, uh-uh. nope, we're not no. doing that one. I have plenty of men's shirts for you. Yeah. So just, I just try to like really talk to them and like befriend them, but it's, it's not an act. Like that's just how I'm Natalie. I'm like, Oh, you know, how's your life? Like what's going on? Like, I just want to know things. And I think just talking to them and it's very easy to get a feel for them. Um, you know, and what they bring. Some women that are a little more shy, they'll bring like, you know, cotton stuff or like bodysuits, like a little more simple. But then we have some girls that are bringing like honey burdette, like super like strappy, all that stuff. And it's pretty easy to kind of tell, you know, if they're going to be able to be a little more open, if they're going to be a little bit more timid. Got it. What advice would you give someone who's thinking of doing this or wanting to do this for the first time? Uh, definitely research photographers. <laughs> there yes. is um, a lot of very, very talented people out there. But I think the spectrum is very wide. Boudoir, just in the last, I don't know, seven, eight years has really gained a reputation of being kind of high and you can make a lot of money doing it. And I think people are jumping into it for all the wrong reasons because they think they're going to just pick up the camera and get wealthy. So really look into your photographers, talk to them, you know, ask them why they're doing it. Like, you know, what, like this, like why they got into it, what they love about it, stuff like that. Do not shop on price alone. (laughs) Most of the time an inexpensive boudoir photographer is inexpensive for a reason. Um, But just really look into their work. And if you know anybody that's done it, ask them if they would recommend their photographer, if you like it, the good ones are worth it. A bad boudoir experience is very damaging. So uh, choose wisely. (laughs) Right. Not only do you get not great pictures, but you might come away feeling not great. Worse. As well, yeah. We've right? had a couple clients come here after having another shoot that they usually chose because they were cheap. And they said, you know, I, I left there feeling worse about myself than I did when I got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think you, you bring up a really good point that that like a, a good, true boudoir photography shoot is a splurge. It's almost like your wedding pictures in some ways. Yeah. Kind of more important right. than your wedding pictures. Like I, I right. done boudoir once, and I probably looked at those pictures more than my wedding pictures. It's it's also an indulgence. It's it's expensive. So I think for people who are looking to tap into some of that boudoir energy um, when they're taking pictures at home, what would be some of your recommendations of like key elements for getting their space kind of ready to take sexy boudoir pictures? clean it. (laughs) I know we've all seen the pictures where you're like, oh, that's a nice picture, but what is going on in the background? Like clean it, make sure that, you know, it's not anything, you know, like, you know, kids toys behind you or stuff like that. Um, Lighting is very important. Typically side light. I mean, that's how I shoot to get that moody look. Side light is really nice and just uh, play around and don't get discouraged. It's, you know, you take a lot doing self-portraits. I take a lot more no's than I take yeses, but my favorite trick for the phone is to put it on video and just move kind of slow and like change up your posing a little bit. And then when you rewatch the video, you can screen capture like when oh, you look best. That's a great yeah. idea. I've never thought about mm-hmm. doing that. Oh, that's yep. really cool. And arch your toes or arch your back and point your toes. Arch, <laughs> arch your back. Yes. Tits out. Tits out. <laughs> put your that I know. <laughs> arch your back, pull your belly button in and uh, Barbie feet. That's what I always say. <laughs> Barbie feet. I like it. How do you feel about makeup? Do you think less is more, more is more? What, what is your advice? I think it depends. It definitely depends on the client. I do think you need more makeup for camera than you do in every day. The cameras and lenses that we use, they can literally see like every pore on your face. So we do, even if we're going for a natural look, 
it is heavier than it would be if you were just, you know, walking around for the day. I prefer a lighter just because I shoot very dark. The shadows in my studio are very intense. So if you have a lot of like heavy eye makeup or like dark under eye makeup, it just can really age you. Like we do skin retouching and all that, but if, you know, we want to avoid that as much as we can. So I do prefer nothing super heavy, but like the girl I told you the weight loss, she wanted to wear this bright red lip, which typically I wouldn't be into, but it was so good on her. It looked Mm -hmm. amazing, but it's the really heavy eye makeup that I'm not a big fan of. So, Mm -hmm. and Gina has been doing, my makeup artist has been doing makeup forever and she knows what she's doing. So she, um, we asked them and if they want anything that we don't think is going to work, we kind of just try to steer them um, towards something better. But, you know, some people just want what they want. So we go with it. Sure. <laughs> sure. And uh, do you have any uh, favorite little tools for editing or styling your pictures? Um, I told somebody else how to edit for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I do. Um, our process is I go after the session, I pull them into Bridge, which is a um, Adobe program. And I sort through them all. They call it culling. And I go through and pick all my favorites. And sometimes it takes me a couple rounds because we don't try. We try not to show too many photos. It can be very overwhelming. Right. Um. So then when I get down to like my final, which is anywhere, we're usually in the 80 range, sometimes a little bit more. I pull them in Lightroom and I do all the like color toning and stuff like that. Then when we have the ordering session with the client, everything they see has not had any skin retouching yet. So we show them, we will retouch one just to show them like the final result. Um, so then they pick their images, you know, whether we offer albums, wall arts, digitals, print, stuff like that. So they pick their images for that. And then I send those out for skin retouching. So I actually trained my makeup artist how to retouch. So she does all the skin stuff. So it's just me and her. This whole process is me and her, oh. um, which is nice. So, and we could, we go over to, I know retouching is kind of a, um, controversial subject these days when I started it was like that super heavy like magazine retouching and now people want to see like real flaws and stuff so we go over with every client like what level of retouching that they want yeah sometimes you want to see the freckles sure freckles are adorable they are yes I love freckles Mm -hmm. I do I love a freckled redhead that's like my favorite thing Um, (laughs) but I do we try to keep it we try to keep all the texture um even scars. I have a big scar on my back from when I had melanoma. And when I had my shoot done, I wanted the scar to stay there. So we go over um, in detail what the client wants for, for retouching. Last question. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you ever set up group boudoir shots or is it always one-on-one with you and the client? Yes, I've done it a couple of times. Um, I think the most recent one was March of last year. She was a regular, she is a regular client of ours and it was her 40th birthday and her and four of her girlfriends came in. They had the studio for the whole day. They all got makeup. They, we, I bought um, like cheese board, this local place up the street. I got cheese boards and like they brought a cake and we just made like a whole day of it. And then they went out to dinner and then I believe I got a limo and like went around to like bars and stuff. Another time I did it with a group of teachers. <laughs> teachers are wild. A they group are. of teachers. And um <laughs> Same kind of thing. It wasn't for any special occasion. They just wanted to do it together. And it was like a whole day thing. It was really fun. I wish more people would do it. Um, that sounds like fun. they just relax a lot more. Like when their girlfriends are here, it's, it's yeah, it's fun. That sounds awesome. Maybe we should do something I think like that, that for our homework. Sexy homework. Yes. There we go. Perfect. I love it. 
I love it. Well, Nicole, this has been amazing. I'm so glad we got a chance to to talk with you and to learn more about your process. For our listeners who want to know more about you and find you on social media and find your studio, where's the best place for them to find you? Um, I would start with Instagram. My Facebook has been, um, I get in trouble a lot on social media <laughs> for what so I post. So my Facebook page was deleted a couple, I guess it was last year. It, there's a new one up, but Instagram is my most consistent one right now. It's my favorite um, app. So I'm on there actively. And then from there, you can find our women's VIP group. And that one's really active, not just with me, but with our clients. Um, it's a really fun group. I probably wouldn't have uh, Facebook if it wasn't for that. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again <laughs> for meeting with us. This has been really, really great. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for reaching out. It was fun. we're back. We're back. Her photos are beautiful. They're really gorgeous. They're really, really gorgeous. And I, I gotta say, I like that we kind of convinced her that, that what we're looking for and what we're kind of trying to put out there is to empower women. Exactly. She definitely was concerned. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's fair. Yeah. We are the two hot wives. I get it. So I think she may have thought that we were going to go in a very sexual direction. Or even just... For the men. Yeah. Yeah. Making this a gift for the guys. And and honestly, I fall into that trap sometimes. Sure. But what drew me to her pictures were the fact that I could see that these were real women. And mm-hmm. you could see on their faces that this was for them, that they felt so good about what they were doing. Yeah. It really spoke to the idea of authenticity, of, of realism, right? Like, I, I feel mm-hmm. like there's a movement in terms of what represents beauty in women. When I was growing up, when you were growing up, it was about perfection. Right. And I think women and men are embracing the idea that um, our imperfections are beautiful. They tell a story. And what I've learned is that we are far harder on ourselves than the men are. The men find lots of women attractive. Sure. We think there's this one ideal that's in our heads Mm -hmm. because they, from what I have learned, you know, they love all women. Sure. There's a bigger, much bigger variety of women that they find attractive. Sure. Yeah. They are not looking nearly as closely at our our flaws or critiquing nearly as much as we are, unless they're real fucking abusive assholes. And if you have a dude like that, (laughs) get rid of him, drop him, drop him. There are great dudes out there. Um, And it's not this, this photography, this style of photography is not for them anyway. That's right. It, it, I really, until we started researching this topic, Mm -hmm. I really hadn't thought about the fact that for most people, they think boudoir is about gifting it to a spouse. Right. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but like it can be a gift to yourself. Right. Um, so I, I loved what she had to say, and I thought it was interesting and important to kind of dive into some of the um, tips and tricks for taking pictures at home. Because, mm-hmm. 
you know, boudoir photography is expensive. It is expensive. It's like a, a once in a while indulgence. Well, and if you are looking to do it on the cheap, you're probably not going to get what you're looking for. That's right. Right? Because it, it's not going to be someone who's going to take the time to make those those photographs tailored to you and your personality and what you're trying to get out of the out of the session. Yes. Do not go to JC Penney's no. for your boudoir photography. <laughs> could you imagine? I could. I bet it's happened. <laughs> I have no doubt. Look at what I brought to wear. <laughs> what? You got a boa, I got the pearls and nothing else. <laughs> this is like roses that is not your coochie <laughs> that is not going to be my sexy homework i am not going no well so okay so what let's talk about that what is your sexy homework what do you want to do i want to i want to do a session with nicole i, I, I great i idea. think because my photos from desire i there are a couple that i think are awesome i love them but mm -hmm. the experience itself was not awesome I think I would really enjoy being in her studio. Yeah. I love this idea. Yeah. I also think we should explore some at-home mm -hmm. DIY photos. I did that before I even knew it was I a thing. Know. <laughs> I know. Here I am, like, checking out all these YouTube videos on setting up tripods and natural light, and all I needed to do was ask you. Well, we didn't set up tripods or anything That's like true. that. Well, I was thinking And truth. it was it was more for the sexiness of it, the the... The fun of just doing that together. Than the actual yeah. results. You know, this was pre-lifestyle. This was exciting and fun. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I think we should explore like what works to take pictures at home as wait, well. Wait, are you going to have Mr. Ams take these pictures? Oh, no. That's why I need the <laughs> tripod. That is why. I would come over and take them for you. Would you take sexy pictures? Totally. We should do that. That'd be fun. We should just like, like just take some yeah. hot, sexy pictures. That'd be Fun. awesome. Okay. All right. So easy peasy. That's what we'll do. All right. Okay. We will let you know how it goes. So that's our show. Thanks for swinging by. And don't forget, you deserve great sex. Now go get some. If you love the Two Hot Wives podcast, be sure to subscribe. And if you really love the show... Rate us or give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks for listening. The the hurricane and the gosh, no way. Is the hurricane now from there? Or the hurricane is like a southern uh, Mississippi thing, isn't it? Like a. I'm gonna look it up okay. because it, it that was the one thing that really came out of Tiki. Mm -hmm. um, was the was the cocktails? Was yeah. <laughs>